Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Yeah. Gotta say uh, hello to my buddy Jeff Cook with uh, Back to the Bars, Back to the Bar Stools. He's responsible for putting me on this Zeppelin kick all of a sudden, uh, all of a sudden. So uh, anyway, hey, uh, welcome. Good to have you with us on WBEN. And obviously uh, talking about the situation in uh, Israel, at least for this part of the program. And uh, a couple of thoughts that are going through my mind. I mean, look, I'm, I'm just one guy. And yeah, I know a lot of people. And I've kind of been blessed to have been kind of adopted by the local Jewish community. So thank you very much, guys. I enjoy being called a mensch. Uh, but a- as a result of that, um, I have um, had the opportunity to speak with um, some local Jewish people you would probably know. And one of them basically, uh, along with the family, was able to get out of Israel just in time after all hell started to break loose. And the other basically was forced to charter an aircraft to get out of Israel because all of the commercial flights were totally booked. And we complain in this country all all the time. I know I do. I'm sure you do about, oh, I can't believe the flight is delayed. Another two hours on the ground in Newark, another three hours on the ground in Philadelphia. I wonder if the nachos are any good at the snack bar. Oh, wait, now we have another four hour. You know, we we complain about these things, but I don't know that many of us have been in a situation where our lives have actually been in danger. And we're worried about, hey, are we going to be able to get off the ground without some yahoo with a missile shooting it at us because we're in hostile territory. Um, and I hope that you never have to go through that. I mean, certainly David Bellavia, our Medal of Honor recipient, he has been through that and and much, much worse. Um, the intelligence aspect of this, and I, I'd love to hear, and I know those of you in uh, Alphabet Soup Land, I know that you've got your own little uh, code uh, in addition to the um, – in addition to the uh, – codicil provisions, the the secrecy uh, codicils of the National Security Act. I know that you've got your own little um, code by which you have to live, but it really is a source of consternation to me that with the sophistication of Israel's intelligence, Mossad, and other groups that <laughs> of which you probably have never heard, um, they've got really outstanding personnel. They've got outstanding analysts. They have incredible equipment. And I'm having a very difficult time. And maybe you can help me with this. Maybe 
you know a little bit more about this stuff than I do. And that's there's always a possibility that that is absolutely the case. But I am very concerned if there are people within the intelligence community in Israel who have it out for Netanyahu and his government who might not have been forthright about the information that they had so that more prompt action could not have been taken to save the lives of not only Israelis, but Americans and people from other parts of the world as well. Um, I mean, that's a pretty weighty and heavy responsibility. And getting back to it, and I don't mean to uh, compare apples and oranges, and I, I really I really don't believe that I am in this case. I think sometimes I do, but I don't think this is one of those cases where I'm doing that. Um, the uh, intelligence, um, there's, I hate to keep on referring to a movie, but it just happens that this movie was based on an awful lot of facts and even recordings that were made at the White House during the uh, Cuban Missile Crisis. But um, there was such distrust of the um, Joint Chiefs of Staff and McCone's CIA during the latter part of the JFK administration that during the Cuban Missile Crisis, uh, President Kennedy made it very clear that he would be in charge. He would be running the situation from the White House Situation Room. Uh, Defense Secretary McNamara would be in charge over at Pentagon. They didn't want any... Um, bad information to creep into the system, and they wanted redundancy built in so that if one person reported a fact, uh, you had another person and maybe a, a third and fourth person independently corroborating the fact so that people wouldn't jump the gun and make assumptions that weren't true. And one of the books that was uh, among President Kennedy's uh, favorite books uh, was a book that came out shortly before his murder, uh, my view, the coup d'etat, which killed the president. But um, it was The Guns of August. And The Guns of August, uh, I'm sure some of you listening to the show and folks, I, I, when, I, when I say things like this, I, don't, don't think for a minute that I'm talking down to you because I'm not. I'm really not. It's just that our history education in this country, by and large, sucks. And I had some really great history teachers who instilled in me a love of history, not just a question of remembering dates and times and circumstances, but also the relevance of historical events uh, toward current times, because at the end of the day, as it states very explicitly in the Bible and other ancient texts, there is nothing new under the sun. And uh, getting back to it uh, during the Cuban Missile Crisis, uh, there was a lot, there were a lot of things that were going on uh, that were reported to President Kennedy that simply were not true. And there was spin that was put on various uh, intel briefs for President Kennedy almost to try to lure him into a war with Cuba because uh, the um, people at CIA, like George Bush, who said he was never part of CIA before the 70s, and that's why they suddenly appointed a guy to run CIA who never had any experience with it. <clears throat> uh, but uh, that is why... Uh, there was such a focus on redundancy and can this information be independently corroborated? 
and bringing it to the situation of uh, of of today. If if I'm Benjamin Netanyahu right now, I've got some real questions for the people uh, on the ground at Mossad, the executives of Mossad, the operatives of Mossad. I want to know what they knew, when they knew it, and what happened in the chain of command from the gathering of the intel to the analysis of the intel to the reports which eventually made their way up the chain of command to Netanyahu and other people within the Israeli military industrial complex because it seems to me and I don't think we had any disagreement on this from Congressman Langworthy or from David Bellavia yesterday it it seems to me that a lot of people very egregiously dropped the ball and Getting back to a very, um, it, it, it's complex, but it's also it's also simple. I agree with what our previous caller said, that you do absolutely need human intelligence, what people always talk about as boots on the ground. But you also need intelligent boots on the ground who can properly analyze exactly what A, B, C, and D mean in the context of everything else that is going on. And it would pain me greatly if a lot of these deaths suffered by the Israelis could have been prevented uh, if there had been swifter, faster action taken on well, what they would call actionable intelligence. And as I mentioned earlier, and this is a very important point, which is why I'm repeating it, the more tidbits of intelligence that you gather, you would think that's a great thing, right? Oh, look, I know this about this, this about this, and you've got a million little intel factoids. But the more factoids you have, the more you've got to weave a quilt out of the available information And the bigger a quilt it is going to be based on the factoids that you have available to you. And, hey, gathering intelligence is one thing. Analyzing intelligence is something else. And then acting on the analysis of the intelligence, that's a third thing altogether. And uh, this is something that uh, I definitely want to know more about in the months and weeks uh the weeks and months to come relative to these attacks on israel by hamas it never should have happened the gathering of supplies should not have been a surprise this never should have been able to proceed as it did and it, it, how is it possible and, and maybe somebody out there can explain it to me. Some of you who have experience, I mean, I doubt we have any old OSS guys listening, but uh, some of you who might have served in some uh, intel capacity, um, maybe uh, clandestine services or maybe within one of the military intelligence outfits, whether it's DIA, ONI, or whatever, may, maybe you can explain how it's possible where you can have seemingly the best most incredible ways to gather and analyze intelligence and yet something like this what we saw happening over the weekend in Israel actually takes place I mean this is so reminiscent and again forgive my reference to old uh, documentaries and things uh, about which I've read but 
it is so reminiscent to me of, um, and I'm, again, I'm, I'm not trying to hyperbolize because I don't think that does anybody any good, but one example of this would be the Brits warned the Soviet Union that the Germans were going to be attacking the Soviet Union in uh, June of uh, 1942. And Stalin did not, he was the leader of the Soviet Union, Stalin did not believe that the uh, Germans, his good buddy Adolf Hitler, was actually going to betray him and move into the Soviet Union. But that is exactly what happened. And when you read about these Israeli troops slain in their beds before they even had a chance to pick up their rifles, uh, when you hear about people being taken hostage uh, before they even had a chance to put on any clothes, it is pretty startling, and it is very comparable to what happened in the early days of the Nazi invasion of the Soviet Union, Operation Barbarossa. The Soviets were caught basically with their pants down. Many of the antiquated Soviet Red Air Force planes were done away with on the ground. They never even got airborne. Uh, infantry was captured and turned into POWs in the blink of an eye. Villages were raised. Homes were destroyed. Civilians were annihilated. And make no mistake about it, the Nazi invasion of the Soviet Union in the Second World War was a different kind of war for the modern era in that it was a war of extermination. And in this case, with the Nazis, it wasn't only a question of the extermination of those Jewish vermin. Um, and that's how the Nazis viewed Jews. I mean, they literally compared them to rats. That's not an exaggeration. Uh, there was a, a horrible film. Uh, what was it called? The International Jew. And it's really disgusting viewing almost 100 years later. Uh, but basically... Um, when you hear about the Hamas people just bursting into Israeli barracks or concerts and just committing mass murder and not even the opportunity for the Israelis to fight back and launch any kind of a counter assault, um, it, it so reminds me of those stories that I've read about the Wehrmacht and what it did to the old Soviet Union during the first days of the war between Germany and, and the Soviets. And Churchill, getting back to the whole notion of intelligence, okay, Churchill told Stalin what was happening. Stalin refused to believe him. And I believe I made this point clear yesterday, and I hope you'll excuse me for taking another sip of my tasty beverage here. But I like to have a nice uh, watery mouth as I go about my business. Uh, Stalin did not repeat that mistake in the future because as the Soviet Red Army had beaten back the Nazis out of Stalingrad and had begun to push the Nazis back to the west uh, from its assault on the Soviet Union, the Nazis were arranging themselves into a major tank battle at a place called Kursk. Now, the Soviets didn't know about this, but the Brits and the incredible scientists at Bletchley Park, including Alan Turing, you might have read, uh, you might have seen the movie, I'm sure, on Netflix by now, 
um, about the breaking of the Enigma code machine, which the Germans thought was uh, uncrackable. But eventually what happened is the Brits, through Churchill and his connection with Stalin, told uh, Stalin, hey, Uncle Joe, you've got a real problem here. The Germans are going to be making a stand and are going to be uh, taking the offensive. They're going to be going to the offense now, and you'd better get your people ready around Kursk. So they literally, the Soviets, literally enlisted millions of civilians to dig tank traps. They enlisted civilians to plant mines as best they could, and they learned because of British intelligence and the breaking of the Enigma code machine that if Winston Churchill is telling you the Nazis are going to form and attack at Kursk, chances are it's actually going to happen. And as I recall, the Battle of Kursk, right before the Soviet, uh, the, uh, the Nazis were going to launch their big offensive, the Soviets beat them to the punch. And the Nazis did not know what had hit them. And you know they never did figure out, not even at the end of the war, that the Allies had broken the Enigma coding machine, which was supposedly absolutely unbreakable as a coding machine. And by the way, a lot of the work, although the Brits and Bletchley Park get credit for it, a lot of the work to break Enigma was actually done by Polish scientists in Warsaw, and those Polish scientists were able to get... um, Uh, copies or facsimiles of the Enigma coding machine out of Poland before the Nazis were able to march into Poland. And um, also the the Brits, and I think we were able to capture later on in the war, uh, some of the Enigma machines in whole. But uh, the, the, the bottom line is intelligence is very, very important. The gathering of information about your enemy but knowing how to analyze it and not allowing yourself to be overwhelmed by a ridiculous volume of intelligence so that you can make the best possible call based on the facts on the ground, uh, that's another thing altogether. Um, I would love your calls on this on uh, WBEN. I could talk about this, frankly, um, endlessly because uh, this is fascinating to me. Um, intelligence, and I don't mean your IQ test, I mean intelligence about your enemy is vital in any wartime situation. You want to know as much as you possibly can about your enemy's plans and how they plan on achieving those goals and formulate some ideas on how you can stop them. And then, of course, learning who or what is a reputable source and who or what should be ignored because of a bad past track record. Uh, If you have people in Israel, if this is a personal story for you, if you want to tell us what you think President Biden and the United States should do, uh, knock yourself out. 803-0930 is the phone number, star 930 on the cell phone, and 1-800-616-WBEN. Uh, boy, I've so so much I could say about this, and uh, I, I'd much rather talk to you, though, on the phone than go into this big monologue. 803-0930, star 930, and 1-800-616-WBEN, my loves. Uh, you guys make the show much more interesting, and I do expect that you will take part as we uh, move along these treacherous times.
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I can never go wrong with uh, Pink Floyd. Never can. It's Bowerly on News Radio 930 WBEN. Good to be with you. Oh, I had a feeling of achievement and accomplishment uh, this morning. I uh, uh, renewed my membership in the 1791 Political Action Committee Society. It is a very uh, pro Second Amendment organization. So uh, I think this is my fourth or fifth year being a member of the. Uh, organization so wanted to pass that on to you and of course we share frequently from uh, frank panasek's uh, page want you to know that and uh what else i was going to tell you something else as you know i like to uh i like to uh, uh keep you up to speed on what is happening in the world of local music and i'm not trying to divert too much from what we have been focusing on so far but there is a lot of uh, many many components to life and some of them are actually fun but uh, many people have asked hey tom you seem to know all these local bands and all of these local entertainment venues how do you know what you know and the answer is really easy i don't um there is a fella who's on facebook and for absolutely no compensation whatsoever, he lists the dates, the places, and the times of every local band of which he knows that is playing out. And that individual is Jim Kadrina, K-A-D-R-Y-N-A, Jim Kadrina. He is the guy you want to go to his Facebook page, and he will keep you up to speed on everybody uh, and where they are playing. And also, I don't know if this is on Jim's list because I've uh, been a little bit busy with some family stuff. I haven't had a chance to uh, talk about it too much. But uh, uh, Nancy Orticelli is a tremendous vocalist, uh, and she is going to be playing Deja Blue, Deja Blue in Sloan, 7 until 10 o'clock tomorrow. I've not had a chance to see Nancy sing um, in any great – I mean – I've seen a few songs, but I haven't seen her do a full set or anything. But I know that she's awesome, so you can check uh, them out. And I hope they get in touch with Jim and make sure the band uh, and the venue are uh, properly uh, listed. So uh, there you have that. Uh, 342 at News Radio 930 WBEN. Uh, talking about, and, and by the way, you know, it's, it's funny because, uh, you know, 
conflict, and I don't mean to conflate things that ought not to be conflated or to compare apples and oranges, but, you know, there are so many things in life, and I think as we gain wisdom as we get older, that can actually be negotiated and hashed out and and talked about and resolved without bloodshed or violence or anything like that. And uh, I just I find it very ironic that uh, somebody with whom I had a bitter and I mean bitter Facebook feud with uh, Nick Orticelli uh, has actually become a very dear friend to me. And the fact, if you look it up online, I've mentioned this a few times, you'll look it up online and you'll see a bunch of articles basically where we hate each other. Um, but uh, the fact of the matter is for the past uh, couple of years, I think, um, every issue that we had has been ironed out. And, you know, after the neck surgery and after some other things that happened in my life, Nick is kind of a night owl. And uh, he was uh, nice enough to take a lot of his time and uh, help me out through some things. So just because you read something on Facebook that might have happened, well, that did happen in the past, it does not mean that it is currently relevant. People do change. And, you know, when you can turn, and it would be nice if the whole world could do this. I'd like to buy the world a Coke, you know. But it would be nice if the whole world could do this and uh, work out uh, issues that, seemingly are not work outable and actually come to resolution and actually uh, turn enmity into friendship. I mean, you can do it at the personal level, obviously, a lot easier than you can at the macro or international level because um, Nick doesn't have an army and I don't have an army. <laughs> we don't have intelligence advisors. But, uh, you know, there's. I think that, that at some point would make uh, a great, great program i've talked before about the uh, situation with uh, my my ex-wife and myself and our very bitter divorce which over the years uh, went from being a very bitter divorce into a beautiful friendship and can honestly tell you i think i'm one of the few men in the world who can say i love my ex-wife and i do love my ex-wife and i also love nick orticelli and nancy why because we worked out our issues and i i also love people that might not get along with nick and nancy that are also friends of mine so um it sometimes just requires people to sit down and just hash things out and i frankly again the older i become and i don't mean to get too far into the weeds on this one but uh the older i become the more i relish the idea of hey wait a minute we used to hate each other and now I would have your back in any situation. That that's a real that's a real good feeling. And hey, look at it this way. On the macro level, it would have been back in 1941 if somebody had told you, you know, by the year 2000, the United States and Japan are actually going to be allies. You would have said, "Yeah, what are you smoking?" And that's the truth. If you would have said, "Hey, the United States and Iraq are going to be allies." You would have said, no blanking way just isn't going to happen um, and things can change at the macro level and things can change at the um, micro level believe me i know all about micro uh, but uh, 803-0930 is the uh, phone number star 930 on the cell phone and 1-800-616-wben 
but <clears throat> excuse me, getting back to the whole um, in, intelligence thing um, and the Cuban Missile Crisis, if if you want to understand what I when I keep referencing the Cuban Missile Crisis and I try to apply some of its lessons to what is going on right now with Israel and Hamas. Um, it is because I think that some of the same dynamics that were brought to bear upon JFK during the Cuban Missile Crisis um, may have been brought to bear on Israel's Benjamin Netanyahu prior to what happened with respect to the Hamas invasion of Israel and the wholesale slaughter of the innocents uh, in, in Israel. And one can only hope... Uh, and pray, if you are so inclined, that the uh, responses uh, of the Israelis take out more of the bad guys and less of the collateral damage, which only leads to an increase in tensions and long-term hatred in a uh, in a given area. And if you watch the movie uh, 13 Days about the Cuban Missile Crisis and you understand Everything that uh, the uh, actor who plays John F. Kennedy is talking about with respect to World War I and the guns of August and what President Kennedy learned from reading Barbara Tuchman's book, The Guns of August, it is extremely educational. And it's also very, very relevant to what is going on today or at any point in world history. There are some timeless works out there uh, that are historical. Some of them are a mixture of historical and, uh, for want of a better word, entertainment. Uh, the Guns of August, by the way, and I know I mentioned this last week, was also turned into a black and white movie uh, that you can actually watch for free on YouTube if you're so inclined. And basically, what it talks about is the fact that through a series of intelligence errors and analysis errors, uh, 13 million people, and, and that's a lowball number, by the way, 13 million people died. They could not have told you for what reason they had died. And the entire history of Europe of the 20th century was absolutely dictated by what happened uh, from 1914 to 1918 during World War One, And one of the reasons why people like David Bellavia and myself are so into history, it, it, it's not just, oh, let us impress you by giving you names and dates and here's what happened. It's being able to apply certain universals uh, to what is going on in the current moment. And when I read about uh, intelligence failures, for example, with Mossad and its analysis of what Hamas was doing, I think back to the intelligence failures that were bemoaned by President John F. Kennedy prior to the uh, invasion of Cuba by the Cuban exiles at the Bay of Pigs and the fact that President Kennedy, and yeah, I'm not somebody who worships JFK or the Kennedy dynasty. On the other hand, please understand that President Kennedy today would be absolutely unwelcome in the Democrat Party. He would be, JFK would be persona non grata in today's Democrat Party. JFK, uh, he was out there talking about tax cuts, ladies and gentlemen. He was out there talking about withdrawing troops from Vietnam. So 
the whole notion of uh, of intelligence and and how to properly analyze it and the fact that there is nothing new under the sun if you can somehow keep all of those elements straight in your head and then watch the movie 13 days read the book uh, guns of august watch the free documentary on youtube the guns of august and it will give you some indication as to why this whole idea of intelligence gathering and analysis is so important. And all it takes is for one stupid person or a bunch of stupid people to offer faulty analyses. And before you know it, you've got thousands of people dead because somebody screwed up. Uh, 803-0930 is the phone number, star 930 on the cell phone, and 1-800-616-WBEN. Um, well, I guess this will be the last time I ask this question because, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm fascinated by this stuff, but just because I'm fascinated by it doesn't mean you have to be fascinated, and I can certainly move on to some other stuff. But uh, basically, a couple of things here, and I'll see if there's interest, and if there's not interest, I'll switch on to something else that does it a little bit more for you. But... Um, how how closely are you following this war between Israel and Hamas? How 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 big is it on your radar screen? How much of an impression is it making on you? Now I happen to have many friends who are Jews. Some of them are religious Jews. Most of them are not. Most of them are culturally Jewish, but they're not religiously Jewish, um, which I always. And again, who am I to judge? But it is always a little bit alarming to me when I consider what a proud cultural heritage Judaism has brought to the world and the religion of being uh, a Jew has brought to the world. And yet how many people who are Jewish almost seem to be embarrassed of being Jewish uh, or almost self-loathing to be Jewish. Um, you should never self-loathe yourself over something over which you had absolutely no control. Um, and in my opinion, you should be, um, you, you should recognize the fact that no matter what stock it is uh, you came from, that that is your stock, and you may, you've made your or your group has made great contributions over the centuries, over the millennia to human history. And the same thing with Muslims. If it had not been for Muslims and Arab scholars, many of our ancient manuscripts would have been lost. They only survived because the Arab scholars saw great value in them, even though uh, they might not have had anything to do with Islam. They recognized the genius, they recognized the literature and the poetry, and they kept that alive for future generations. But do you have anybody right now in Israel about whom you are greatly and possibly gravely concerned? And as I have mentioned uh, two or three times already today, but uh, a couple of things happened that really brought this home uh, to me today, somebody I know who is a very dear friend who is Jewish was in Israel when this started. And let me simply say that this is a very strong individual, very robust, both physically and intellectually. Uh, he is not one to lilt in the raging, blazing sunshine, but uh, 
as much as this person wanted to come on the show with us today, he didn't have it in him to come on the show because of the incredible stress that he and the people with him had undergone trying to get out of Israel. And the same thing with uh, one of my physician's um, uh, friends who was in Israel and couldn't get a commercial flight out and basically had to uh, run up the charge cards in order to charge a flight out of Israel to bring the family to safety. So I don't know if if th- this story is hitting you in that way. If it is, I'd love the story. If not, I can move on to some other stuff. It's all about what you guys want to talk about. But, you know, my uh, area of special focus, if you will, with this uh, story involving Israel is the um, what I consider to be a failure of intelligence and not just intelligence uh, by Mossad, but intelligence at CIA. CIA and Mossad, uh, they have been known to work together from time to time, uh, to put it mildly. So what did CIA know and when did it know it? And what did CIA share with Netanyahu and Mossad? Uh, what was the working relationship between CIA and Mossad in the weeks and days leading up to this horrific violence in Israel? I think that there are some questions that really need to be answered. And if I were at a Joe Biden, a President Joe Biden news conference, I would ask the question, to what degree does CIA or our other alphabet soup intelligence agencies work with the Israelis Did we share everything we had and was proper action taken based on what we shared? Are we going to get an honest answer? Probably not. But at least the question ought to be asked, don't you think? 803-0930, star 930, and 1-800-616-WBEN. It is Bowerly with you on the radio. Yes, I am a member of the 1791 Society. Thank you very much, and a proud member, and a dues-paying member, too. I don't accept those freebies, you know. I'm sure Frank would hook me up, but I'm not going to do that to my buddy. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.